In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. Five degrees outside and raining. And I mean raining. Headed up to 81 today. And as I look ahead, mercy. No, no, I'm, I misread it. Okay, so tomorrow, partly sunny. Thursday, partly sunny. Friday, okay, it's not as bad as I thought. But Saturday, some light rain is possible. Anyway, good morning, folks. Welcome. Party line on the air on uh, 970 WATH, 97.1 on FM as well. I did, I'll just admit... I'm late today. Um, let's see here. Uh, so not as organized as customary. Um, by the way, tomorrow's going to be an interesting show. Tomorrow, Melena Miller and I are going to, and there may be some other folks involved too, but the Mount Zion church, which would be, let's see, well, at the corner of, <laughs> uh, can you tell I'm late? I'm not prepared. But anyway, the historic church in Athens, um, it's a, um, I don't believe it's an active church anymore. But it is become a cultural center, and a lot of people are involved in making it special. And so that'll be our topic tomorrow. And there's uh, organizations you can become a part of that are working on this. There's they have uh, some. Shows once in a while, um, which, you know, there's an admission to attend, and, and then that's part of their fundraising activity. So that's our topic tomorrow, Milena Miller and uh, Mount Zion Historical uh, History Center, or no, let's see, Cultural Center, that's the right term, Cultural All right. Um, Scott was doing me some favors, and he printed off some uh, things that um, are similar to what we normally do, but not not exactly <laughs> the same. So I will have to uh, muddle through this a little bit together. 
Uh, he was trying to help me out, and he's he's always great. All right, so um, let's see here. Let's um, see, make sure I have s some of this. This is a different source than I use also, so its format is entirely different. So let's see, let's talk about, um, I guess, birthdays, right? Uh, we have two to mention. Muammar um, Gaddafi, uh, born on this uh, date in 1942. He died in 2011. And Mike Pence, vice president, former vice president, um, today's his 63rd birthday. Now, let's see here. Oh, I see. Okay, well, again, this is a report I'm not accustomed to looking at, so I... I there's some more, okay? And Scott's out there trying to help me still by printing off a couple things because I was late, as I mentioned. And some of these I'm going to need his help with. But um, we'll do the ones we know, and then when he gets in here, we'll... we'll uh anyway, so Dean Martin. Today would have been his birthday. Were he alive? He was born in 1917. He died in 1995. Now, the actress Jean Harlow today, she died on this date in 1937. As a very young person, she was born in 1911, so do the math. What was she, 26? Something like that. But she died on this date in 1937. I think I'm going to set this aside till Scott joins us, and we'll come back to this. Because um, I need his, his help with some of these names. There's a story, uh, June 8th, 1989, about France's largest ever bank robbery. And, um, you know, it's a, sh it's a shame they don't have a little more on it, but it's, they don't say how much money. This particular bank, it, the story reads, its vault was thought to be impregnable, but the bank had not reckoned on the ingenuity of a determined thief who died on this day with the loot still missing. Huh. 
Well, Scott, oh, Scott <laughs> was here a moment ago. Now he's gone again. Um, we've got, um, oh, this is an interesting list. Okay, um, in the year 555, Vigilius, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, V-I-G-I-L-I-U-S, Vigilius. I think I'm pretty close. And his, ends his reign at the, as the Catholic Pope. In the year 1099 on this date, the first crusaders arrive in Jerusalem. In the year 1195 on this date, the earliest report of ball lighting in London by the Benedict monk Gervasi of Christ Church Cathedral. in Canterbury. Thirteen forty on this date, Rotterdam, Netherlands, founded. Well, we've got a lot more detail than I normally bring in. Um You know, when you really think about it, of course, it's not unusual to think that, you know, we generally cite like a half dozen things that happen on this date. But when you think of, how, you know, history, mercy, um, there are so many things that happen on any given date. And this is a much lengthier list. Um, I'm trying to sort of pick out the ones that really pop out at me. See, in 1839, the Hawaiian Declaration of Rights is signed. In 1862, General Butler orders William Mumford hanged after he removed and destroyed the U.S. flag on display over New Orleans Mint. What's this one? Bans discrimination. Okay. 1946, on this date, the U.S. Supreme Court bans discrimination in interstate travel. What, did, what was that all about? Well, I wait, wait, I'm sorry. 
I didn't know you were back, and I haven't turned your mic on. There you go. Yes. Go on. Here I am. Good, Good morning. morning. Yes, sir. Um, I'm thinking that it ended discrimination um, for African Americans to be able to travel throughout any state of the United States. Yeah. That's uh, could be. Couldn't. That's that's um, just a thought. I'm going to try to find it here. Is that 1942? Six. 1946. Yeah. Okay. 1948 on this date, communists complete the takeover of Czechoslovakia, and its president Burns was his name. B E R N E S resigned. Uh, Let's see here. June 3rd, 1946, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down a Virginia law requiring racial segregation on commercial interstate buses as a violation of the Commerce Clause of the U.S. Constitution. State of Virginia. Yeah. Morgan versus Virginia was that case. Hmm. Interesting. Well, so uh, looks like it had to do commer- uh, do with commercial interstate buses. Okay. Well, Not- they could have made that a lot more clear in this, <laughs> yeah. uh, this thing. Okay. Well, let's see here. Where, what do I have to work with? Um, I wanted you to look at that. There's one article there, and I think it is, or not article, but one line there. Uh, I think it's 1989, and it might be on the back page of one of those things that I printed out there with the bullet points. 1989. I think that's where it is. Well, forgive us, folks. We're a little disorganized today. I'm sorry. Let me just hand this to you. Okay. You had I need a page with the bullet points there. It's it's a really neat thing, though. If okay. I, if we okay. Can find We're looking it. here. Here it is. That one right there. On this date in 1989. Okay. Oh, I get it now. You got the significance of it now? Boy, it took me too long. (laughs) Okay, so in 1989, for one second that morning, it occurred at uh, 1.23.45, one minute, one hour, and 23 minutes and 45 seconds. Okay. And the date was 6789. You see? I had to look at that three times before I realized it's just counting from zero to nine. Yeah. 
That's kind of interesting, isn't it? A little trivia there, but the time at that particular second was one, two, three, four, five, on six, seven, eighty-nine. How about that? Yeah. I just thought that was kind of cool that you don't normally hear of things like that or see things like that. Just a little numerical thing. Yeah. Numerology. Yes, indeed. Well, folks, um, over the last few months, we I bring in reports. And it's one of those things, if we have time, we get to some of them. And if we don't, uh, we, we don't. <laughs> Simple as that. Um but with this, with my late arrival this morning and everything, uh, this this may be a perfect time to um, pull this stack, and I mean it's a stack up here. Um, I also pulled something up on the screen. If if uh, you want to get to to it, it has to do with uh, one of my pet peeves, and that's the soaring price of gasoline so whenever we have a moment there if you want to get to that we can we can do that where oh let me come over there and find it okay okay now this is um an article by consumer reports that's a publication entitled 10 Tips to Get the Most Out of a Tank of Gas. I got it. Thank you. Um, so, uh, this, this date is reported as of um, yesterday or today? Yesterday. Yesterday. D-Day. Uh, okay. And it reads, the national average price for a gallon of regular gasoline is now $4.87, an all-time high, and an increase of $0.02 from yesterday's price of $4.85. Then they go on. And here's the article itself. Russia's aggressive... Russia's aggression against Ukraine has rocked the petroleum market. And Americans have seen this reflected in higher gas prices at the pump in recent months. AAA, American Automobile Association, reports that the national average is 485, but now now they're saying it's 487. For a gallon of fuel, an all-time high. They go on to say, which is three cents more than yesterday, twenty-four cents more than a week ago, sixty cents more than a month ago, and a dollar eighty more than a year ago. Motorists will need to be mindful that commuting and road trips will cost more in the foreseeable future. Car shoppers 
should keep this in mind, prioritizing fuel economy in making their choice. Um, let's see here. So they go on, now is as good a time as ever to fine-tune your driving strategies and techniques to maximize your fuel economy and ease the squeeze on your wallet. Consumer reports experts pulled together this series of test-proven tips. I don't know how to use this mouse here. Boy, we got... I'm all fouled up today. (laughs) There you go. There are the tips. Okay, okay. Mercy. Well, it says, first off, stay at half. Keep at least a half tank of fuel during cold winter months and when there is a risk of shortages. Okay, we're going to see if they add anything else. Number two, check online. Apps and websites such as Gas Buddy, never heard of it, can show local gas prices, making it easy to find good prices in your area if you need to travel. Number three, duh, minimize travel. If you can delay errands or other activities, you will preserve the gas that you purchased and overall reduce overall consumption for the region. Obey speed limits. You know, the last couple weeks I've commuted back and forth to Columbus during my wife's illness. I am amazed on how fast people were going. often 10 and 15 miles above whatever it was posted. I'm not kidding. In the, in the parts that were 70, I had no people passing me that I am s- certain were doing 85. Oh, yeah. I've had that happen, too, up there on, what is 33, heading towards the Columbus area. Yep. Mercy. <clears throat> okay. Um. So they say obey speed limits. When you drive, follow the speed limits and drive smoothly. Your driving habits can play a significant role in fuel economy. Okay, a recent consumer reports test show this. We've measured gas mileage while driving at a steady 55, 65, and 75 mile per hour they did it in a Nissan Nissan Altima and a Toyota RAV4. And they've discovered that reducing the speed from 65 to 55 improved fuel economy by 6 miles per gallon. And 
um, in the Altima and 8 miles per gallon in the RAV4. The penalty of cruising at 75 miles per hour rather than 65 was almost 7 miles per gallon. Higher speeds exact a toll in fuel consumption. Anyway, so you get that point. Let's, let's see what their next one is. Drive evenly. Avoid hard acceleration and braking whenever possible. In our tests, frequent bursts of acceleration and braking reduced in the mileage by 2 to 3 miles per gallon. Once up to speed, maintain a steady pace. Um, this all strikes me as common sense, but do we do it? Some times we don't. Yeah, there are good reminders. I find myself driving a little bit slower than normal. I also have a feature on my SUV that allows me to uh, the engage the economy uh, feature of that that, that is a, supposed to be a fuel-saving feature on it. Now, it reduces some of the power in the engine, but it's, it's really good for extended highway driving. I found that it increases the mileage significantly on mine too with some of the things you just mentioned there now here's a point they're making pay attention to the aerodynamics they say re remove roof racks when they're not being used now I my pathfinder I've had a <coughs> roof rack on it for years so, evidently, that is causing me to use a bit more gas. <laughs> well, yours is probably bolted in, though. No. You can remove it? Yes. Okay. Well, obviously, you don't want to keep at, a cargo container on top, either, if you're not using that. At highway speeds, more than 50% of engine power goes to overcoming aerodynamic drag. Don't add to that by carrying unneeded things on the roof. Um, carrying two mountain bikes on the roof had the biggest impact, they say. Hmm. Um, and then, and then, then here's my point: even there's even a loss when driving with with an empty roof rack. Anyway, um, huh, interesting. The next thing they say is buy quality gas. And the report goes on to say we typically recommend using top tier gas, that is, gas that is held to a higher standard through the voluntary participation of numerous gas station brands, including 
Chevron, Costco, Exxon, Mobile, and Shell. Be aware that many familiar brands do not have top-tier gas. The goal is to feed your car good quality gas whenever possible. But it is fair to be flexible during a shortage or when traveling. The detergents in top-tier gas can eventually clean any engine deposits that may accumulate when good quality gas is more readily available. Okay, uh, their next point, skip the premium. Save money and skip premium gas unless it is required. And it says, on the fuel filler door, is where they normally indicate what fuel is recommended, whether it's premium or regular. Um, okay. Check your tire pressure. I've heard that a lot of times. You know, if you if you don't have them right on the mark. Is costing you more in out of the gas tank. And they go on to say, you should check your tire pressure. Um, no, they don't say that. What they say is tires lose about one pound per square inch a month. So if you're running on tires that are supposed to be at 32 PSI, and it's been five months maybe since you've checked it, you could be at 28, right? Yeah, well, 27 actually, but we'll whatever, go with okay. 28 too. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> We're faking it this morning here. Um, the other thing is they say um, only use your air conditioning when absolutely needed that it does chew up a lot more gas. Okay. Yeah, when you engage that compressor in your engine for the air conditioning uh, or even the heat in the wintertime, it adds a little bit of drag to the engine. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I can close this now, right? Yeah, or just drop, reduce the whole screen there. To the upper right. Oh. There you go. Oh. Okay. Back to rain and 65. <laughs> now, it's a little hard to tell out this way. Yeah, it's rainy. It is raining. Yeah. I know it looks bad, but uh, it's hard to tell if there's actually raindrops falling. Yeah, some foggy conditions looks like on up Columbus Road there, mm -hmm. as I can see. As far as, uh, what, beyond uh, Alvis, somewhere in there, right up to there. All right. Um, <clears throat> here's a report I brought in yesterday entitled 2022's Best and Worst State Economies. So... 
when you look at the 50 states, and I'm, I'm guessing they're going to put the <coughs> District of Columbia in here too. Yes, so there's 51 um, locations. Um, where is the worst economy? Where is the best economy? So they're talking about economic activity, economic health, innovation potential, all that sort of thing. I can share with you some of the lead in here. U.S. economic growth depends heavily on the performance of individual states. But some contribute more than others. California, for instance, is the fifth largest economy in the world, boasting a gross domestic product, GDP, larger than the countries like the United Kingdom, France, and India. Meanwhile, Vermont's GDP is about 91 times smaller than California's. Interesting. In order to determine which states are pulling the most weight, even during this time of economic difficulty, caused by COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, this report compares the 50 states in the District of Columbia across 28 key indicators of economic performance and strength. Um, okay. So, uh, Scott, I customarily put you in the spot, and I'm going to do so again. Okay. What state do you think has the best economic ranking? I'm I'm going to say I'm I'm thinking it's got to be a northwest US state. You would be correct. And I'm going to take a wild guess and say let's see. I've got a few to choose from, right? <laughs> yeah, there. Washington. You are absolutely correct. Ding 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 ding. Now, Utah was my second guess. And they are. Oh, okay. California is third. I thought about saying California right after you said your comments, and I thought, no, can't be that one. No, I'm serious. How did you guess that? Um, I think because of the standard of living there, it is not as commercialized as... Um, you know, say um, an eastern state, their econ like like you mentioned, Vermont. You know, they have an economy that's what was it five times smaller than California. So I'm thinking that population-wise, um, the technology that is in the Seattle area, the commerce that goes in and out of the ports okay. in uh, Puget Sound area right in there so i was just thinking all right i gotta put all these together seattle's a big hub for young professionals too um along with the san francisco area so just trying to mesh all of those things together well um terrific guess washington state is number one in state economy ranking 
followed by Utah. You got that one right. Third is California, which they already talked about some. Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Colorado. Coming in seventh, North Carolina, Georgia eighth, Oregon ninth, and the District of Columbia tenth. Okay, so let's go the opposite direction. Oh, I'm gonna guess if who's if, if the you're gonna if you're gonna say I'm gonna put you on the spot again. I'm going to guess our neighbors. Yes, sir. West Virginia comes in last. Clubbed on again. Alaska is... Okay, so... <coughs> Alaska's next to last. Louisiana is third from last. Hawaii, fourth from last. Wyoming is, no, I'm sorry. Wyoming. Yeah, I was going to say, which state now? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. is 45th. Maine, one of my favorites, 44th. Kentucky, 42nd. Okay, where does Ohio fall? 39th. 39th. Now, let me turn the page and see here. There's anything else I need to share out of this. Um, let's see. Not all economic growth strategies are effective. For the best ways to stimulate the economy and achieve lasting prosperity, we asked a panel of experts to share their thoughts on the following key questions. Now, I don't have their responses, but the questions are interesting. Let me get this page to turn. Come on. There we go. One, what are the most effective ways for state and local officials to help their local economies recover from the impact of the pandemic? Two, what can states do to prevent brain drain and develop attract and retain highly skilled workers. Three, states often compete for business investment by offering tax breaks and other incentives. Do such efforts more often result in a net positive or net negative impact on state economies? Or do such efforts create a race to the bottom across states? What makes a state attractive to potential entrepreneurs? Well, anyway, this was a report just published recently in the last few days. And, you know, with the whole COVID thing, mercy. Um, Let's see here. Now, I'm going to read you some titles. Um, Best and Worst Places to Raise a Family. Best and Worst Cities for Staycations. Staycations? Yeah. I I would say 
with that one. Hawaii would be a nice one. No, I mean, which which report would you like? To oh, do the staycations. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, you, well, you know, I, with there, high gas prices. Let me give you a prices, couple more titles. Just okay. High gas prices. People are. I've seen on the news that people are canceling trips. Yes. Because they can't afford to drive. It's too late to schedule a flight. And flights are expensive and going up. So they are staying around where they live or trying to find things closer to them. Here's another report. The healthiest and unhealthiest cities in America. This is a current report. That would be interesting. Okay. Uh, but you want to do staycation. Yeah, let's do that one. Okay. Then, we'll, then we'll do the one you just had. No, we won't have time, I don't think. Okay. But um, we'll see. Okay. So this is entitled 2022's Best and Worst Cities for Staycation. This summer, the U.S. will be far more open than it was during the past two years, during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, duh. But even though the COVID-19 vaccines have made summer travel safer, some people may not be ready to venture far from home yet. Others simply don't have the money to take a trip as their wallets are still recovering from COVID-19's impact on the economy. Luckily, there are certain places that offer plenty of options for entertainment and relaxation at the right price point, making those cities the perfect spots for staying local. To, do, to determine the best places for a fun-filled yet wallet-friendly staycation, uh, this um, Wallet Hub is the source of this, compared to more than 186 no, 180 cities across 44 key metrics. Okay, so let's get down to it. The best place for a staycation. Okay, you know what I'm going to say. Yes. What do you think? Well, I said that when you were going through the topics there. Of stories, I said Hawaii would be a nice place just to yeah. stay and hang well, out. That's that's a state, but you meant Honolulu. Uh, yeah, yes. One doesn't matter whatever city it is. Yeah, but uh, it is. You are correct. Can you go wrong in Hawaii? I mean, are there places that I, I you've been there? there? Are there places that you would say don't go there? I lived there three and a half years. <clears throat> I loved it. I loved it. I moved from Honolulu to Athens. Okay. Are there any places, though, that you would say don't go to I, I in that know. area? I, uh, oh, no. no. That, yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I, you know. I have favorite hideouts there in the islands. But, no, it's all, it's all very nice. Yeah, just give me the beach and some sand and yeah. palm tree or two. Hey, I know that nickname from somewhere. Palm tree? Palm tree. Oh, yeah. That's my <laughs> nickname in high school. Yeah. Okay, so um, so this, uh, so it ranks number one in recreation, number 26 in food and entertainment, and number five in rest and relaxation. Number two is Orlando, Florida. 
By the way, it ranks the highest in food and entertainment. 19 in recreation, 18 in rest and relaxation. This one I find remarkable, but I agree. Chicago, number three. Would you have thought that? No. I love Chicago. But then again, I've talked to people who have been, is it called the Navy Pier there in Chicago? That's just one of many features. That is just a really cool place to go. Well, I can tell you, too, the restaurants would be attractive. It, It ranks 23rd in food and entertainment. Um, yeah, that's right. Eleventh in rest and relaxation, and five in recreation. Okay, fourth is Fort Lauderdale. Then Portland, Maine. Las Vegas comes in sixth. By the way, it comes in second in food and entertainment. San Francisco comes in third um, in food and entertainment overall, but seventh when you put everything together. New York City itself is 8, San Diego 9, Seattle 10. Okay. What about Ohio? Cincinnati comes in 17th. Um, Cleveland comes in 51st. Remember, there's 180 cities listed here. Columbus comes in 56th. Akron, 70th. Toledo, 91st. Well, you get the point. Um, I've been to all of those cities here in Ohio, and my guess is you have too. Yep. And people think of Toledo as like, what is there to do in Toledo? Toledo is a fun town. Well, things the, to do the architect, uh, Royce, folks, if you've been to Baltimore, what's known as the Inner Harbor, that was designed by a guy, I think his name is Royce. My wife worked with him some. Um, he then has designed uh, Columbia, Maryland. Rouse. Rouse is his name. Uh, Columbia is the, the utopian city. And she lived there 17 years. Um, but if you go to Toledo, that beautiful waterfront up there, he did that one too. Yeah, I, that's one of the fun places right there, the waterfront. In Toledo, Ohio. Some good restaurants too. I remember going to one called the Oaken Bucket. It Folks, was a good one. We are out of time tomorrow. Um can't think of it. In our 72nd year of what serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WHH FM. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. 
I'm Deborah Rodriguez. The Department of Homeland Security issued a terror threat bulletin today about online forums encouraging violent extremist attacks after the elementary school massacre in Uvalde, Texas. Correspondent Nicole Skanga has more. The bulletin also warns of potential grievance-inspired violence ahead of the midterm elections and the Supreme Court's decision on overturning Roe versus Wade. Homeland Security mentions potential gunmen 21 and younger who cannot ferret out the truth online. With pressure mounting on lawmakers in Washington, four senators, two Democrats, two Republicans, are trying to reach a compromise on new gun control restrictions. Correspondent Scott McFarland. Possible areas of agreement could include helping states enact or improve their red flag laws, which allow courts to seize guns from anyone deemed dangerous. A mother of three in Florida has been charged with manslaughter by culpable negligence. Police say her two-year-old son found an unsecured gun in the house and and killed his dad, Orange County Sheriff John Mina. Now these young children have effectively lost both of their parents. Father is dead, their mother is in jail, and a young child has to live their life knowing that he shot his father. 28-year-old Marie Ayala faces a possible 15 years in prison. Time to cash in on bargains. At Target, the company plans to cut prices and cancel orders to clear out inventory shoppers just aren't buying post-pandemic. Retail analyst Bert Flickinger. The big issue is too many goods chasing too few cash and credit constrained consumers. The World Bank has just downgraded its outlook Check. for the global economy Check. sharply. It's concerned the war in Ukraine, the prospect of food shortages, and the possible return of stagflation could lead to the slowest growth in more than four decades. There's a Goodyear tire recall for RV drivers. Jeff Gilbert with our affiliate WWJ in Detroit. The government has been investigating the G159 tires for five years. Goodyear earlier declined requests to recall them. Now they've changed their mind saying they want to address concerns. Those concerns include claims of tread separation and lawsuits alleging crashes, injuries and deaths. They're testing out four-day work weeks overseas. CBS's Vicki Barker is in London. Workers at this brewery are now making 100% of their pay in 80% of the time. Craig is on board. If I know I've got to get stuff done in four days' time, so enjoy that extra day, I think that will be a good incentive. More than 3,300 workers at 70 UK companies have joined the six-month trial. Dow down 172. This is CBS News. Need hires who 